Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for October 14. My name is John Mason. Thank you for joining us. In his book, God is Good for You, Dr. Greg Sheridan, a respected Australian commentator, writes, Christianity has been marginalised in the popular culture in the West. Christians, he observes, have a right to be worried about what is happening to their beliefs in the West. The primary challenge is not intellectual, but cultural, he comments. My question is, how do we respond to this rapidly changing world? Today I'm exploring how Jesus' words in his fifth beatitude help us in our response. In this beatitude he says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Before we move to this reflection, let me read from Psalm 145. We will then pray. Psalm 145, verses 8 through 13. The Lord is gracious and merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and His compassion is over all that He has made. All your work shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your faithful shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power, to make known to all people your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. Catherine Jacob will now lead us in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Andrew Pearson will lead us in further prayer. A prayer for all in authority. Almighty God, the fountain of all goodness, We humbly pray you to bless all who hold positions of authority and public office in every land, so that all things, especially in these uncertain times, may be ordered in wisdom, righteousness, and peace, to the honor of your holy name and the good of your church and people, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A prayer for everyone in need. O God, creator and preserver of all people, We humbly pray for all sorts and conditions of men and women, that you would be pleased to make your way known to them, your saving power among all nations. We commend to your fatherly goodness all who are in any way afflicted or distressed, with any kind of sickness or sorrow, anxiety or need. Lord, we particularly pray for your comfort for those who are grieved by the loss of loved ones at this time. We pray for the ongoing research into a vaccine and cure for COVID-19. We also pray for the many who are out of work. Give wisdom and compassion to leaders, enabling them to facilitate an effective economic recovery and so provide opportunity for work for everyone. Lord, we also pray for those who are in physical, mental, or emotional danger at this time. Father, may it please you to comfort and relieve them according to their needs. 
giving them patience in their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. All this we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. A reading from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 5, verses 3 through 12. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In his book, God is Good for You, Dr. Greg Sheridan, an Australian commentator, writes, Christianity has been marginalized in the popular culture in the West. He notes that there are very few Christian celebrities, or rather celebrities whose primary fame is due to their Christianity, their works, or writings. Consider President Abraham Lincoln's letter on January 19, 1863, to the textile workers in Lancashire, England, who, at great personal cost, had voted to continue to reject cotton produced by slaves in the U.S. Confederacy. Deploring the sufferings arising from this decision, Lincoln wrote, Under these circumstances, I cannot but regard your decisive utterance on the question as an instance of sublime Christian heroism, which has not been surpassed by any age or in any country. Lincoln's words point to the traditional understanding of Christianity that, amongst other qualities, calls for mercy. How would Lincoln's reference to Christian be understood today? Greg Sheridan comments, Christians have a right to be worried about what is happening to their beliefs in the West. The primary challenge is not intellectual, but cultural, he writes. How then do we respond to this changing world that denies the sacrificial practice of Christianity? Come with me to Jesus' fifth beatitude, one of the eight blessings found in his Sermon on the Mount, recorded in Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy, we read in verse 7. The words mercy and grace are often used interchangeably, but there is a distinction. Grace is a love that is undeserved. Mercy is love's response to someone's misery and helplessness. Mercy responds to a world in pain because of humanity's me-first problem. 
For despite the extraordinary advances in science and technology, we find it impossible to solve the issues of hunger and poverty, corruption and injustice, tension and conflict. In his parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus provides an object lesson in neighbour love, which, if practised, would lead to a world of selflessness, genuine love, kindness and mercy. It's a neighbour love that is motivated and shaped by God's love for us and our love for Him. It's significant that when God came amongst us in the person of Jesus of Nazareth, His priority was not first to destroy Roman rule or to cure all the sick or to deal with all the social ills of the world. Yes, He did reach out to people in need. As the ancient historian Josephus writes, Jesus carried out remarkable feats. The Gospels tell us he enabled the deaf to hear, the blind to see, and the lame to walk. And he wept with those who grieved. Yet despite his divine powers, Jesus allowed himself to be betrayed and put to death. His priority was to follow the highest path of mercy and grace. Mercy for the helpless grace for the undeserving. Through his death, he addressed our broken relationship with the living and one true God. He, the sinless, chose to die in our place, the sinful. When we come to understand and personally experience this mercy of God, we will want to be merciful to others. Mercy is more than feeling compassion. It acts in doing good for those in need. So what does this mercy look like in practice? We show mercy by providing food for the hungry person, clothes for the needy, and a bed for the homeless. In the big cities of the world, mercy needs to be tempered with wisdom, for if we give to everyone in need, we'll quickly find that we don't have the means to live ourselves. This is why Christian foundations are formed, so that resources can be used more effectively for those truly in need. In the churches I was involved in setting up in New York City, we supported and were involved in various care missions in the city, as well as providing scholarship funds for children in Africa, orphaned through AIDS. But mercy is more than meeting physical needs, pressing though they are. Mercy has a compassion for the spiritually lost. Augustine, the 5th century Bishop of Hippo in North Africa, said, If I weep for the body from which the soul is divided, how should I weep for the soul from which God is divided? If we say we have experienced God's mercy, shouldn't we now show mercy to those whose souls are lost for eternity? When Stephen, the first Christian martyr, was being stoned, he said, Lord, Do not hold this sin against them. Stephen pitied the souls of those who were stoning him to death. Mercy prays for others and looks for opportunities to open up conversations about the God who has revealed himself in the Lord Jesus. Let me ask, do you pray for your family members, friends, neighbours and work colleagues who are indifferent or hostile to the Christian faith? The most merciful thing we can do is pray for and create ways to draw others to the Lord Jesus.
and the outcome of mercy? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy, Jesus says. We are not restored in our relationship with God by being merciful. It's only when we are conscious of our spiritual bankruptcy, grieve over our sin, and hunger and thirst for righteousness, that we will turn to God and receive the blessing of His mercy. Psalm 103 says, As the heavens are high above the earth, so great is God's mercy towards those who fear Him. Contrary to what many consider God to be, the Bible consistently reveals a God who is not only there, but who is slow to anger and merciful. How then will people around us come to know this? A little further on in this sermon, Jesus says, Let your light so shine before others that they see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Lord God, our Saviour and our Guide, make your love the foundation of our lives. So may our love for you express itself in our eagerness to show mercy and do good for others. Grant this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good, that you may do his will, working in you what is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, Andrew Pearson, the Dean and Senior Minister of the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama, Catherine Jacob, a member of the Cathedral Ministry Team, and music is from the Cathedral, under the direction of Dr. Frederick Teardew and Zachary Hicks. Prayers are drawn from an Australian Prayer Book, 1978, and the Bible readings are from the New Revised Standard Version. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you.